Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Booth, and I've been a clinical hypnotherapist since 2011. I specialise in helping people overcome anxiety and build confidence instead. This weekly podcast will cover a wide range of mental health issues related to anxiety, along with some helpful tips and suggestions that you can try at home. If you have any questions that you'd like answered in a future episode, then please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com forward slash podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode and this week I'm joined by Virna. Now this episode is a, a really really good one. It was really amazing to be able to interview Virna because her story is quite unique in that she actually moved from the city of Lima in Peru, which is really near the equator, to Denmark several years ago. And in this interview, she talks a lot about how the change in daylight hours had quite a significant impact on her mental health. She also talks about her experience of becoming pregnant for the first time in a new place and without the support system that she was used to in her home city. I would like to warn you with this episode that there are a few occasions where Verna is clearly quite upset by what she's talking about. We did talk about this after the podcast recording had finished and she was very pleased to be able to share the depth of feeling that her story had generated and hopes that if people are feeling similar that they might take comfort in this. So I just wanted to warn you and let you know that although she does get very upset at times, The podcast ends really positively and she was very happy at the end that she'd shared her story in this way. As well as all of that, she also talks about how she managed to challenge herself to start to overcome some of these issues on her own and talks about her trial and error approach to self-care, which is something that I advocate a huge amount. So I really hope you find this particular interview really, really interesting. Um, She was such an amazing person to talk to. And yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Well, I tell you what then, I'll start by saying thank you so much for giving me your time. And I'll ask you to introduce yourself. um, And then we can make sure that your name is pronounced in the way that you prefer it to be pronounced. Well, thank you for... for Thanking me for giving uh, a little bit of a talk about this this situation that I'm I'm going through right now. But yeah, I'm, well, I'm Vierna in English mode. <laughs> Vierna, I come from Peru. I'm 33 years old. Uh, I live in Denmark for the last six years almost. And uh, well, I study well graphic design and concept development, digital concept development. I would say that I with a sort of depression um, that got developed through the time that I think it started by moving here. I, I don't want to blame Denmark for, for my depression or something like that, but I think it's something that escalated things that happened in my life at that time when I moved here that triggered many things in my head and, and made me feel really, really depressed. I have a daughter. Uh, she's uh, three and a half right now. Um, I had her here in Denmark, so I went to pregnancy here and um, having a child here. So that was also a very intense process that I went through um, while I was dealing with, with depression as well. So, yeah, I mean, just to make it 
fast. I'm just going to go through the years. In, in, back in 2012, I met my husband. We met online. Um, I was living in Peru. He was living in Denmark. And then the, we met online. We kept a relationship, like long distance relationship for a, for a while. Um, then in the following years, in 2013 and 14, he went to Peru. And uh, we kind of lived together for a while. And we had still a long distance relationship. And well, life in Peru is completely different than it is in here. Way different for nothing. In other words, um, life is a lot simpler. Of course, there, it is a big city. There is a lot of traffic. And there were some things that I was not aware of that were different than, than Denmark. For example, how much sun we get in, in Peru and how much sun we get in here. Honestly, I was not aware of what vitamin D was until I moved here. I didn't know what that was or where it came from, how we got it. Vitamin D was unexistent in my life until that point because that's something we get in Peru like every single day just by walking outside with you know short sleep because it's like, I don't know, 30 degrees in there. So you don't need to take supplements basically unless you don't go out. I was not aware of of that and I actually when I moved here I started to learn about it just by accident because it was a friend of mine that uh, it was in the language school that she was she was from Lithuania or Estonia I cannot remember but she was like oh you're from South America wow so you must be taking tons of vitamin D I was like no I, why what is that <laughs> you know I was just like, well, you need to take vitamin D because of this and this and this and this. And I was like, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it was surreal for me. So I ignored it in some way. For me, that was like, oh, I don't need that. And then I realized that I actually needed that uh, because, you know, I was, I think it must have been like a little bit more than half a year by, by being here that I started to feel like I had no energy. I was tired all the time. I could sleep until 10 in the morning and still wanted to sleep more. And I started to think, okay, something is wrong. My, my whole um, system metabolism was, was completely upside down. And I couldn't understand why. That was one of the reasons why I think depression or this, this feeling got very intense. I, I just couldn't point it out. First, like push it to, to, to the dark side of, of you know depression was the fact that um well so that was vitamin d that was one and then something i couldn't understand what what uh, it's it's hard to explain because it was vitamin d of course and it was winter time and i couldn't figure it out what was going on in my head that that made me feel something was strange in here something is not fitting it's like it was so dark that and, and I didn't realize that was affecting me because here in Denmark, I don't know how it is. Uh, you are in the UK, right? Yes. Um, it gets dark in here already at 4.30 in the afternoon when it's like the peak of the winter time. And it's not just a little bit dark, it's darkness, complete darkness. And then it's like pure darkness until 8.30 in the morning. And I was 
so not used to that. For me, it was just playing in my mind. It was incredible how much that was affecting me and I couldn't see it. And I would wake up with this feeling, why, why am I awake? It's so dark. Like, like my head was telling me, you should not be awake right now. And it's because where I live is close to the equator. And all my life for, I don't know, 27 years, I've had this rhythm in which it's daylight at one time and it's darkness at one time. Like the, the, the difference between summer and winter might, might be 20 minutes only. So it took me a while to figure out, okay, this is affecting me because every winter I have this, this sense of something is not right, something is wrong. It's like the world is upside down for me, you know? I started to notice the pattern because in the summertime, it's completely the opposite. The summertime is wonderful and my life goes fine and I don't have anxiety and I don't feel sad because it's completely light uh, all day. Even at 3 a.m. it's already getting daylight. So it's, it's, it's two extremes that I was not prepared to. Nothing prepared me for that, you know, that kind of change and how much it would affect me. So the first, second, and third year were the worst to get used to get used to live with that. Now it's it's easier. I'm not saying I can handle it totally, but I I, I understand what it is. I have to somehow picture in my head. Okay, the earth is tilt, so it's just a period. It's gonna pass, and we're gonna go back to normal. You know, but winters are difficult here. They they hard for me. And I know for a fact, because my husband has told me that it is hard for even Danish people sometimes, but he has it fine. That's something also for me is hard to understand because it's winter time and it's dark and he's like in the best mood he can imagine. And he's like, you know, like, oh my God, Christmas is coming. And I'm like, <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of people in the UK that would very much empathize with you um, because it's the same for us in the summer so in the summer we get quite nice long days and everything's quite bright the whole time you're awake but yes in the winter sometimes particularly in the very middle of winter um, it can be dark from about eight o'clock in the morning and then again at about four o'clock in the evening and we have yeah. something quite well known over here called seasonal affective disorder and we know that mental health can be affected by a lack of daylight so I think there'll be a lot of people that can can really empathize with how difficult that must have been going from a country near the equator to what's normal to us must be such a shock yeah it, it was and, and I guess for me it was kind of feeling alone in into this because it was new for me so I didn't know that there was other people that was feeling the same way that I was but I started uh, researching about it because I, 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 I'm the kind of person that needs to understand what's going on with me if something is happening, you know, and, and that actually helped a lot. So, I mean, of course, taking vitamin D or taking sun as soon as I can in here, I, I take it. But reading about it, doing the research to try to understand what's going on in my head and, and it's kind of to feel some kind of empathy with myself, you know, like, to accept what's going on and understand it and learn to live with it. The thing is that between those two things, me moving here, not speaking the language, um, learning 
Dating Asia was a difficult process as well. I had no friends. I remember, of course, I had my husband's friends, but they were his friends. It's, it's not for me, it, it means a lot, a, a connection thing to, to make friends. They were speaking, of course, Danish because they're Danish. They, everybody speaks English here, yes. But when they go to their parties, I don't want to be the person that is making everybody speak English just because, you know? So many times in the beginning, I was feeling, <laughs> I was feeling like part of the decoration of the house. It's, it's rough to say that, but he knows how it was. He also knows how it was because he, he we, we would talk about it openly and there was no discussion or anything. We, I would just tell him how I felt and he was understanding, okay, I understand how you might feel because you don't speak the language. So those things would start to make me feel isolated and I, I wouldn't help, I have to say. I would isolate myself more and more because it was difficult to make friends in the beginning and I miss my home, I miss my friends, I miss my food. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna go with you because I just, it's difficult, it's difficult to talk to them because I don't speak the language. So I'm just gonna stay here and watch videos of my country and talk to my friends on the computer and just gonna miss, miss, miss everything else that I left behind. And that period was really hard because I was missing everything since the weather, the food, my friends, the streets, how spontaneous life is in there. You don't need to make an appointment to visit anyone there. You just drop off and say hi, you know? Um, there is, of course, informalities and, and things are very strange in there. Somehow you don't understand how they work, but they work. But I missed all of that. And I come from a big city, which is Lima. Lima is crowded. You see people everywhere. You see friends on the street and you just, you just yell like, hey, how are you? Let's just do this on Sunday. And yeah, let's do that. And then it's very spontaneous, let's just say. And I moved to a place that is very isolated. I don't know my neighbors. My neighbors don't know me. And well, it's not a big city. And I struggle with that a lot as well because the change in the beginning, I was thinking, oh, that's not gonna affect me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go live with a person I love. And I was, I was just thinking, it's just gonna be happiness. And of course it is because I love my husband. I'm really happy living with him. But I did not consider all the things that implied moving here, how much it would mean to me in the end. Well, I mean, right now. It sounds very much like you had a great community out there and a good support network. And it must be so hard when you move away from that and try and create a new one from scratch, really, especially when you don't even speak the language. That must have been a really challenging time. Yeah. And... I would say I never really got to get a support connection, as you say. I'm still struggling with that in terms of friendships, for example. I was, it, it was a, it, I think there was a time where I was able to make friendships with international students from here. That was easier because they spoke English, I spoke English, but international students, they usually come and go. So they left and I was back to zero again. Um, but at that time I was speaking a little bit more Danish. And so 
at that time I started to switch or to that like there was this switch in 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 where we would go to meetings or parties and I was able to understand what was going on and to speak and, and to be part of the the whole dynamic you know and that felt good that was like that was an achievement for me that would help me socialize a bit more in here but yeah I mean moving somewhere else and dealing with depression it's tough but I guess it's gonna sound harsh because I know depression requires treatment most of the time probably all the time but I realized that no one's no one was gonna help me in the way that I I could do it let's say I knew exactly what I needed but it was hard to make the step to it to, to take the step to it because it's like that <laughs> you keep falling and falling and falling and falling and you know that you need to take the step to get out of it and you have the choices you either do something about it or just keep falling and falling and at that time i was so sad and i was so i felt so lost that i just i didn't even want to try i just wanted to fall into it and and that was not even the bottom of it because then i got pregnant and of course, I was happy. It was my, my first baby, you know. But also scary. Yeah, it was scary. Um, I didn't have my mom with me. You know, that was that was really hard because I, I needed her so much at that time. And to hear that everything was going to be fine. I, of course, she was. we were on the phone. My mom lives in the States. And we were on the phone all the time. And but it, it could have been maybe easier if I had her around, especially right after I gave birth. I had a really difficult um, labor. I required surgery after. And I lost quite a lot of blood. Sorry if I'm being too graphic, but uh, they had to make an emergency surgery right after. And I was, I was left pretty weak um, with uh, anemia. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they put some blood on me and then... I kind of recovered, but the anemia was there still. And so I had to go home, take care of my daughter, feeling weak, feeling tired, sleepless. And it was tough. And then that's when the, the postpartum depression started to hit. I was not aware of that. I didn't, I, didn't, I guess I didn't want to recognize really deep that I had postpartum depression. I was like all the time trying to make myself believe this is just motherhood. This is how it's going to be. You just have to take it. And this is what all moms go through. But really, all I wanted to do at that time was to open the door and run away. And it's funny because I also wanted to understand what was going on with me. So I researched again, what is this? Why, why am I feeling like that? For a long time, I believed that I was just a terrible person for having those feelings, for feeling like I want to go. I don't want to be here. I'm, I love my child. I love my baby, but I don't want to go through all this right now. I'm, I'm lonely in a country you don't know, without friends, 
without family. I had my husband who was the most supportive man in the world. He did everything he could to 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 make things better, you know. But at the same time, this was also first time for him. He never deal with somebody who had postpartum depression. So of course he didn't know um what to do, how to help, how do I make it how do I make it better, you know? So it was hard for him as well. And yeah. Oof, it's it's tough to talk about it right now. Yeah, it must have been a, a really difficult time. It was. And we were there was no fights, but there was a lot of tension between us, I would say. It never got to the point of, of saying, okay, I cannot do this, or never uh, that, that uh, extreme. Then we moved, and then I remember there was a time that I had to say it. It, just, it was like I couldn't hold it in me anymore. And then I told him, I'm not happy. It just came out, but it didn't, he, he thought that I meant that I was not happy with him. And that was not what I, what I meant. He, I think he thought at that time that I wanted to, to end things. And that was not the case. I, I told him, I'm not happy. And when I said that, I felt such a relief. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, is this your relationship or, or you don't want to be together anymore or what? No, it's not that. I'm just, I'm not happy like this. This is so dark. <laughs> I said that it just came out. I said, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm sad all the time. I'm paranoid all the time thinking that something's wrong in my body. I cry without reason. I think something is gonna happen to my daughter. I think somebody wants to steal my daughter. I think I'm gonna die of a sickness and I have to take care of who's gonna take care of my daughter if I'm not here. It was so much emotion, so many feelings at the same time and it was so intense. And I told him, I'm not happy. That's just what came out. And then I told him everything that I was feeling and okay, there must be something else in here. And funny thing, I went to the doctor for the first time and I, I told him what was going on and he gave me a, a some, something called hand listening here, a referral um, to, a, to a psychologist. And I never went. Oh. But I never went because it's expensive. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is quite ironic because all healthcare in Denmark is free. But when it's about uh, going to a psychologist, it's very expensive. It's really difficult to get proper help in that way, unless you're pregnant. So, but I was not pregnant at that time anymore. I was already, I had a baby. She was, I don't know, a year and a half at that time. I waited that long. So I searched and searched and everybody was the same price and, you know, per hour and everything. And I was like, okay, this is not an option right now. I have to deal with it. What do I do? At that time, I had stopped taking vitamin D. I was too tired to worry about vitamins. 
So it was like everything started to fall down again, you know, because I allow it to. But I was not aware that I, I had to do so many things to come back to how, how much happiness I was feeling when I was living back in Peru. If I compare when I was younger, for example, when I was 17 or when I was 19, I had this rushes of happiness. It's just amazing how much I can compare how it was at that time and how it is now maybe, or I don't know, but after maybe after passing 25, my rushes of happiness and, and energy and motivation, it's so different than how it was at that time. And at that time, we had no money. We had, I mean, my family had problems and everything, but I don't know, the way I was dealing with it was so different. I would just, I don't know, go in the bus, listen to music, and every song that I could hear was so motivational. It would just make me want to, I don't know, go home and paint and, and craft because I work with creativity. And it was so easy. And after 25, it just became, I don't know, songs and, and colors and, and things like that stopped, stopped having that strength they had before in my mind. I don't know why, but I somehow, I, when I had all this, this postpartum depression or this feeling after being here many years, I was like, I want to feel like that again. Oh, I, and how do I do that? How do I get there? I don't know. But I have to try at least because it got so deep, the depression at some point that I was like, one morning I woke up and said, it would, like, it was my mind, some, some feeling I had that it was like, it would be a lot better if I just let go and I don't feel anything anymore. That feeling scared the hell out of me. That having that for the first time, feeling something like that, I don't know if it's like when people hurt themselves, it's like, is that how that starts? I don't know. But I didn't want to feel that ever again. And that morning, that's okay. There was a Sorry. You don't have to apologize at all. I think what you're capturing beautifully and what you're explaining in such a fantastic way is how scary that can get. Yeah. And that low point where you do almost decide that this might not even be worth it anymore. That is a really yeah. scary place to be. I have never felt that way in my life. And it, the funny thing is just came out of, came, came on a random morning that I, I just kind of lost hope, lost motivation, just, and I had a daughter, I have a daughter. And I was thinking, okay, I, I, this, is, this is my turning point, this stops right here because she needs me. And I know how, important was my mom in my development in my growing that thinking that 
I would not be there for her. That would be impossible. I don't even want to think about that. At that time, I was like, this has to stop right here. This ends here. I'll do whatever it takes to make it better. Even though I cannot, I cannot go to a psychologist because we don't have the economy right now to spend on that. I'll read about it, learn about it. What, I, what can I do? And I have to, you know, it was a hard road um, to get out of it. That must have been like when we moved here in this house two, two years ago, I think. So, sorry. That's okay, that's not a problem at all. So I started to research about what can I do? I was gonna find different tools, you know? Not just one, but whatever I can try, I'll try it and see how it goes. But the thing is that it requires a lot of discipline in the mind to, to do these steps, you know? So what I did first is of course, going back to vitamin D because I knew I needed that. And that also requires discipline. You gotta take that every day at the same time, just to, to have some kind of pattern so it starts working properly. So I did that. Um, it took time. I had to be patient. I was also needing some other vitamins I was not aware of. So I went to the doctor, got a blood test and find out, okay, what do I need right now? Where am I? So I started taking the supplements. Um, I started to feel, to feel a little bit better, but that was not all of it. That was not the solution to all of it. There, still, there was still thoughts in my head. There was still lack of motivation, lack of energy. So I started to eat, to eat a little bit healthier. And I found out after, I don't know, one week that that actually helped me a lot. Because I was not aware that when I was going through all this depression, I was saying crap. I was eating McDonald's. I was eating not at my times. I was skipping breakfast, sometimes even lunch. And then we just eat something little in the evening that was just pure carbs and, and fats that, that wouldn't really do anything for me. So eating healthy, it helped me in a way that made my brain think a little bit clearly or more clearly. I don't know if I'm speaking good English right now, but um, yeah, more, cle more clear, let's say. I stopped drinking sodas, I stopped sugars because um, I had to try everything, you know? I had to see what's working and what's not working. It was like kind of trail and fail. So I stopped sodas, I started drinking more water because I was dehydrated. I was not aware of it because of also the process being a mom is like you stop taking care of yourself and you take care of another person. I had to find a balance in which I had to take care of both of us because both of us had to be, be good. So yeah, eating healthy, stop with processed foods. For a while, I tried to stop gluten because I was experimenting with many things. Stopping with gluten actually helped me a lot as well. I was feeling lighter in my body with more energy to wake up in the morning. So I kind of stopped that again because I like gluten a little bit. So I was, I mean, I, I, I eat less of it, but, um, but it, it, uh, it made a change, definitely. 
and just trying to eat more natural in general. I stopped, I stopped uh, buying frozen foods, for example. It's like when I start with it and it started going good, I was always going one more step. Okay, what happens if now we leave this? What happens if now we try this? And it was working and I could see it. I could feel it in my body as well. And so eating for me, eating more natural food, bananas, I don't know, strawberries, just as it is, or avocados and, and stuff like that. It just helped me feel more connected to earth somehow. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's just, it was a big change really. Still, it was difficult to live here when there is not much sun, but as soon as there comes sun, I try to go out, which is what most Danish people do. Even though it's winter and cold as hell, they just, there is sun. Oh, let's take the bike. Oh, let's go for a walk. Oh, let's do this. And I didn't understand it in the beginning because for me, it's like, it's cold. I don't want to be out. You know, I need double pants, double socks, and <laughs> a lot of clothes. <laughs> but I started to understand, okay, that's why they do it. And it makes sense now. Yeah, it's the that same in the UK. Really? Yeah, as soon as there's a sunny day. And the mood in, in you can see almost the, the, their faces. It's like, they're so happy. And of course they have to exploit even the tiniest amount of sun they have because it helps them. You know, another thing that helped me is listening to podcasts actually. And that was a recommendation from a friend who was also dealing with uh, depression in here. And I was explaining to her how difficult it was for me to sometimes to keep my mind quiet because you know you have you keep having these intrusive thoughts about, okay, my daughter is in the kindergarten. What if something happens to her? And it sounds illogical sometimes, but it's still there. Those thoughts they come to you, and they it's like they bombard you all the time, and you just try to push them away. And even though you're working and you're busy, still they come to me. And so I was trying to find a way, how can I calm my mind and make it be quiet? And so she helped me with this and she told me, just listen to a podcast where, I don't know, any topic that you are interested in, find it. And then you're gonna keep, you know, your mind's gonna keep busy listening to that and being on the topic. And of course you cannot listen to a podcast 24 hours a day, but when you need it the most, it comes really useful. So I found, uh, I don't know, comedies and TED Talks or just people just discussing random things in life, but that are funny, whatever makes me laugh, you know? So they, they don't let your mind go to the, either the past or the future, because my mind used to do that a lot, even before moving here. And I guess that that has something to do with, uh, well, I, I've been, I've always been told that I'm a creative person. I like to paint, I, I paint, I'm a graphic designer, I work with digital concepts and stuff like that. And it's what I do, I just like to create stuff. And when I am creating, when I'm painting or drawing or doing whatever, my mind troubles. It's really naughty, let's just say. It goes either to the past of what happened here and that was a really nice time. And then I was with my friends. Oh my God, how I miss that so much. Or a time with my family that I have. And then that's when 
it starts going down in the mood. Like my, my mood starts feeling sad again. I, I start feeling sad again. I'm like, oh, I miss that so much. And then I'm down, I'm back to zero. Or it goes to what if? You know, what if I had done that? I shouldn't have said that at that time. Where would I be if I had done this different? And then I'm like, oh, what? Oh my God, no. And then I'm sad again. Or it goes to what if this happens tomorrow? Or what if in, I don't know, three years I'm sick or something happens or whatever. And then I'm worrying and then I'm overthinking and then I have anxiety. So I have to find a way to keep my mind steady in focus on this. We are here right now in the present. Whatever happened in the past, it's past. You cannot change it away. So bye-bye. And then the future, it's uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen. You cannot create stories in your mind that are just going to make you feel anxious. Stop with that. But that's difficult. It is so difficult to keep your mind, let's say, in line. So if you don't find those tools, this podcast, for example, or even TV, just have the TV in the background, you know? That's how I try to control my mind. And of course, going to school, I mean, going to college right now, getting friends, talking to the teachers, talking to people around there. That was helping me a lot until Corona hit. <laughs> but that's another story. I mean, yeah. Something else that helped me was um, doing a bit of yoga. When I was in Peru, I was doing yoga a lot. And that made my life so nice, really. I was sleeping good, eating good, and just feeling fine, you know? And I try to do that again. Uh, I try to, I mean, of course, training. I started to go to the gym. I was not so motivated to go to the gym because I, well, I don't drive. So I had to, um, I had to take the bicycle in the cold days. And I was like, I'm, I'm a summer person. So for me, it's like, well, I'm just gonna stay home. So yeah, but I, I kept it going. We, 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 me and my husband, we kept a good, we kept a good rhythm. Okay, today you train, then I train. And because we had this rhythm, I couldn't say no. So it was motivating me and pushing me to go train. And it was good also. And music, training, listening to music or also being home, listening to music. I had to be very, very careful with this because listening to music can go one or another way. It can go to the happiness or it can go to sadness. So I'm very careful when I listen to music, what am I listening to? It has to be either happy music or music, new music that's coming out, but I don't go so much to, I don't know, ballads of the 90s or I don't know, Latin ballads that I used to listen when I was in Peru or whatever happened in that moment. I don't go there because if I go there, I'm going to feel sad and I'm going to cry for sure. And I don't want that. So I avoid that at all costs. Yeah. And I guess positive affirmations. I try to keep positive affirmations every day, which actually that's sometimes the hardest part for me 
because I worried too much, uh, especially after I became a mom. Uh, but I, I tried to do my best. And right before Corona hit, I was, I, I kind of felt that same happiness that I told you about when I was, when I was young, when I was a teenager. I remember one day going in the train to, to school. I was just listening to music and I was almost there. You know, that same sensation I had when I was a teenager, like, wow, this feels great. I mean, this song is amazing. It's just, I'm enjoying the sun, the colors and the people and the, the, the time. So I know now for a fact that I can get there. You know, I, I know that it's possible. I'm not there right now because we have Corona times and I'm home and I'm dealing with, I'm still dealing with this and it's, it's a challenge right now because I'm home alone. My husband's working, my daughter's in daycare and I have to face my, my demons again, but I know what's going on and I know how to handle them. I know that at some point I'm gonna go back to that train and I, I hope I'm able to feel the same as I was when I was a teenager, but I'm, I'm struggling and I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting there again because I know it's possible. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. That is absolutely incredible. There's, there's a few things that I think you've really explained extremely well. And what struck me was the, the loneliness that you felt, uh, particularly early on after you'd moved and really in that period where you'd had your daughter as well. And I think there'll be a lot of people who are listening to this who either are experiencing depression or have done, who will really empathize with that feeling of loneliness. And for some people, it doesn't even matter how many people they have around them. It's almost like it's its own little bubble that you can't get out of. So I think you've really helped, helped to explain that in such a really nice way. And I'm, I'm so glad that despite not being able to see a psychologist, I'm so glad that you took it upon yourself to try different things. Because even when I work with clients, we can give tools and things, but clients need to go away and try them and see what works for them. So I, I think it's such an amazing thing and shows so much strength that you were able to try different things, see what worked for you, have a bit of a, a trial and error approach to it and just keep trying something. So I, I really hope that message uh, comes across to anyone listening to just try something. Even if it's something really, really small, just try something and see how you get on. Because yes, diet, exercise, making sure you've got all the vitamins and minerals you need, having things that occupy your brain when you're struggling, listening to music that makes you feel good, all of those things are such fantastic tips. So thank you a huge amount for, for being so kind as to share everything that you've been through. Well, it's, it's the first time that I actually talk about it fully, other than my husband who knows the whole process. Um, I know taking the first step to, to try, it's the most difficult part. I know it because I, I struggle with it all the time. But 
when you start seeing that, okay, there is a result, there is an effect, sometimes the mind says, no, just go back to how you were before because we want to feel miserable right now. Just because, just because. It's even scary to feel, okay, I'm happy. That's, that's even scarier. But it's a process. I'm, I know I didn't go to a psychologist and, and it, I think it would also be a little bit not, not so good for me to say that everybody can go through this without going to a psychologist. That, that's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that because I know that it's necessary to get a treatment and I'm planning to still, I'm, I'm still planning to go. I, I'm pregnant now, so I'm, 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 I'm going to have the chance to, to see a psychologist because I know that it might hit again because postpartum depression or, or if it, this was only depression, I still don't know but it might hit again. And of course, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more ready to understand it, but I still want to get help for it. I don't want to find myself having that feeling again of where, where I lose all hope and, and, and motivation to, to be here for my daughter and, and my second child. When you look back at your story now, how does it make you feel? Definitely more mature. I feel like I am becoming my mom. I don't know why. <laughs> because, I mean, my mom has always been the kind of person that she, she could go through everything. The most stronger woman I know is her. So I guess I'm, of course, it's big shoes to fit. But I think that I'm, I'm in the process of following her with the way she is. And I want to also pass the same strength to my daughter. So. yeah absolutely and I mean that would be an amazing thing to be able to pass on the ability to to cope with such incredible circumstances yeah and and she would always tell me nothing is forever you're not going to feel like this forever at some point it's it could be just the rush of the age that you're going through you're becoming a mom you got married you, you, you live in a different place at some point you're going to wake up in the morning and feel like okay it's it's just calm now life is easy life is smooth and all those worries all those fears that I had they're just gone and I really hope to get there one day thank you for listening to this week's episode make sure you subscribe to this podcast for notifications on future episodes and if you have the time to write a quick review then that would be greatly appreciated To find out more about me and the work that I do, please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.